0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking.
1: Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. This one, I think, Wendy, would say that it's long overdue. A conversation to look at exactly what happens when cops go home. You know, I was reading statistics a little bit earlier on about how 11 police officers were killed between 2017 and 2018 as a result of domestic violence, seven of them by fellow SAPS officers. Three officers being killed by other officers during arguments, incidents that are a product of societal and organizational cultures shaped by inequality, violence and poor impulse control linked to inadequate upbringings and poor mental health. That has been a write-up of why is it that we find that police officers sometimes Times, may even be the reason of their own demise as opposed to the reason why they should be protecting um, fellow co- colleagues as well as us as the general public. Did you know that police killings continue to persist in South Africa? In fact, in about 20, 20, 29, 2019 as well as 2020, we had about 77 police officers that were killed while both on and off duty. When you're looking at those statistics and you mirror those statistics against how South African policemen kill someone Every 20 hours, every 20 hours, a police officer kills someone. This is according to statistics that are released by iPad. 424 deaths reported being represented um, as a result of these police killings. A slight decrease from 2018 20, uh, as well as 2019, where we saw about 440 people dying as a result of police action. So it's one thing to have a conversation around how police need to do better Police need to learn to be less brutal. Police need to be more empathetic to the people. Police need to be more equal in their distribution of power where it doesn't appear as though police are targeting black people and leaving white people alone. What happens when we flip it around and go into what are the challenges faced by policemen? What are the traumas faced by policemen and women? What are some of the realities that they're confronted with on the daily basis? Is it difficult being a policeman or a policewoman in South Africa? And how are you dealing with it? So we thought in the light of this honest conversation that we're about to have, we're obviously Power Family, you can be a part of it. We're going to invite some members of the police service to join us for this conversation. For the purpose of protecting their identity and protecting their jobs, because they're currently in office, we're going to call... Our police officer who's joining us in studio, who's a woman, Officer 1. And then our other police officer, Officer 2. Okay, so we're going to protect their identities at this time. And then we're also joined by Pop Crew National Spokesperson, Richard Mamabolo, for this uh, conversation. So thank you so much. I'm going to start off with you, Officer 1. Thank you so much for, for joining us uh, in studio. Welcome to Power Lunch. Thank you. Hi. Relax, mum. Don't even worry about it. This is home. Relax. You can speak as freely as you want, as open as you want. We've protected your identity and we're just going to make sure that your realities, your story, your story gets told today. So Kululega, relax. Do you want water? Have they given you water? You know, sometimes you can't invite people to people's houses and then we don't even give them water. Relax, don't even worry. If I had cookies, I'd bake you biscuits and i put <laughs> them there, but clearly I don't have biscuits as well. Officer Two, as well as mama uh, Mamabolo, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon for Power Lunch.
2: Oh, uh, thanks for, for, for trying to ensure that at least we say something about the challenges that we're facing as police officials. Thank you very much.
1: Absolute pleasure. Richard Mamawola, always a pleasure to speak to you. Welcome to Power Lunch. Hi, Richard. Are you with us? I'm with you. Can oh, you hear me? great. Now we can hear you. Yes.
3: Yes. Thank you to you and uh, good afternoon to your listeners.
1: Let's start off with, with this conversation. Uh, you know, Richard, when we're painting the picture around the realities faced by members of our police service... <coughs> We often tell one side of the picture, which is how police officers need to do better in the way in which they administer their duties and their jobs. But do we tell enough of the other side of the story around the realities that they face in doing their jobs?
3: I I would believe that uh, we have not had uh, such discussions uh, broadly as a country. And of course, I think uh, at every point in turn where something wrong is done from within the SAPS, uh, well, we tend to judge the police as being the same without necessarily looking into some of the challenges. For us as a union, we have obviously identified that uh, of course there might be certain challenges that uh, the public would be engaged on, but uh, the reality of the matter is that uh, the public does not know the underlying challenges that our police officers face on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So there are many underlying challenges which, of course, have got an impact on the kind of roles that they play and, of course, uh, the mood within which
1: uh, uh, police and communities relate in the country. So, Officer 2, what are some of those challenges that you face? Paint us a picture of the day and life of a police man or woman.
4: Uh,
2: you know, Osfaith, I I, I I want to be frank with you Please. and the power of M listeners That uh, this organ of the state that we are working for, RM is very much stressful. Why I'm I'm saying that is because we am seviting unahalnehuru quite any given time. And instead of the management assisting, they actually play part in threatening you that with dismissals. So you 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 are going to work with that particular stress, and then when you are prepared to save the com- members of the community at large, internally why Harper omolade why Lesa omolade.
1: Why do they so, keep threatening you, officer 2, with dismissals? Why is that always a, a big thing, Khore, at any time you may be fired?
2: Uh, one thing that you must understand that we work in an environment that is, or conditions that are unfavorable to workers. Like for instance, they threaten because of this word called command and control. So in, instead of the management dealing with command and control correctly, mm. you will be, will be threatened by dismissals and I can cite some examples of that, of a member that has been threatened by dismissal, and indeed that member was dismissed unfairly so and similarly. So you understand that besides, before you meet the community, already there's a levels of stress that is being been with uh, based on the fact that your own management or your own superiors that you are uh, looking up to keep one of our the elements of stress.
1: Officer One. As a woman in a, in the police service, what's your experience like?
5: Hey Osde I uh, don't know even where to start. I get emotionally it's okay because some of us we are mothers, wives, children to our parents. some of us we became police officers because of the love of the job. The challenges that we face especially as women, while you are in a problem at home, being a mother or a single parent, you find out at work, you come across the same thing. It's either from your colleagues or from the management. As Officer one is saying, we are always being threatened that we'll be dismissed, we'll be charged. And when things come that are going wrong, They don't stand with us. We will be told, you should have acted on your conscience. If you know that this is wrong, why did you do it? And when we give an instruction, we will be told, comply and complain later. When I'll be now complaining, I'll already complied. Mm. So if I complied and something goes wrong, there won't be a chance for complaining. And I'll be charged. I've seen members of the SAPS being charged whether doing right or wrong. When we leave our homes, we don't know whether we are coming back. There are a lot of things that are not going right in the SAPS. Like what? Like um, we don't know where we belong. We don't know where we can get support. Community pointing fingers. Our commanders pointing fingers. So who do we belong to? Where does this organization belong to? There are a lot of incidences where police are not being supported. In the SEPS, there is legal service. There is EHW. There is too much stress there. I myself, I have chronic depression. I sometimes relapse, but sometimes I pick myself up because I'm a single parent and I'm a breadwinner. I'm maintaining 10 people that are depending on my salary. I, I go to work, I'm passionate about my work. I've been awarded award for good, you know, performance. Mm. My file is huge, but there's no support that I get. I go there, yes, I know that I apply. Because the other things is faith that police that we get always to say, there are a lot of people who are looking for a job. At least you got it. At least you have a salary. There are people who are not getting a salary but that's not a point. In the police, we are not the same. Yes, there are those who are not doing as expected. There are those who are not willing to work, who comes and get paid for not working. I've seen an article last time that's a, a police somewhere saying they are not working, they are getting paid, Mahala. Where I'm working, we are, we are, we are getting paid for what we are doing. We are going extra mile. But that extra mile is... You know it's it's just as you tell yourself as a child of God I'm a Christian myself I tell myself when I got this job I said God give me a job that I will serve you on it and then I got the police it was not my dream job I wanted to be a nurse I thought serving God is to help people heal people being there but I landed in the police since day one in the police I never even had a verbal warning Comrade Richard knows I've never had You know, verbal or warning or anything. Mm. I've been complying since. But when I arrive home, there
1: it goes. We're going to talk a little bit and get deeper into this issue because you've mentioned how um, you've got chronic depression and sometimes you relapse. And I wonder, as you're speaking to me, when you've got a relapse moment and yet you're supposed to serve me and protect faith, how do you do so if you yourself are not well? How do you do so if you yourself need to be loved, protected, and cared for as a member of the police service? And it's going to go back to my, my question, Officer Two, What happens at the police academy? Do you guys get training? Bali train. Uh,
2: I was afraid. let us be frank you know, on the training that we are receiving as police officials. The training is, is there and it's adequate. However, one fundamental issue that we need to deliberate on is that uh, in the new democratic dispensation, Mm. is that training relevant to a new democratic South Africa? Kortame such such questions, that why is it that uh, our levels of training seems to justify that the South African police services is still an instrument of a birthday, which was to which was meant to service whites and oppress black people in particular
1: is that why police members of the police service are so brutal when it comes to black people and yet when it comes to white people case in point what happened in Senegal you guys just sit back and watch because
2: we need to actually interrogate why is the conveyor belt still the same? And then why are we expecting the same conveyor belt to, to give us a different results? It's like, it's like there is no transformation whatsoever, hi, in your transformation. All we have to uh, uh, go through is this particular training that does not equally serve what South Africa is today. And we are to we expect it to perform we expect it to perform under what you call command and control.
3: Mm. Can I say something on this matter of cynical?
1: Yes, Richard.
2: Yes, look, I I think we need to really make a
3: distinction between, I I think the debate has obviously been clouded by people just observing it as a black and white matter. But however, I think uh, we need to know that uh, in public order policing, whenever there are matches, there's what you call, well, there are uh, meetings that take place prior to the actual event, uh, whether it's a match or a protest whatsoever. So there are meetings that are held uh, in what you call joint operation committees, where in uh, stakeholders, people who are organising the actual event, and uh, the police, of course, the law enforcement officers would have meetings to look into the uh, mitigations around how the match will take place, the route and all these other dynamics and the safety thereof, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So you, I think uh, the the the, the one one mistake that we've been making is that people have been assuming that what happened at Senegal was uh, on the basis was uh, as an outcome of uh, that JOC meeting, which was not the case, you know, as opposed to other matches, which I think just after a week, we had another match in the Western Cape by the EFF. Now, the difference is that the EFF did sit down with the Joint Operations Committee and they had agreed on the timelines and all these other dynamics that have to do with the match. Was in, in the in the cynical situation, mm-hmm. there was no such meeting which took place. So it was not that police could then predict that uh, on a normal basis, you would have such a large number of crowds
1: gathering at the court, outside the court. Richard, uh, I have uh, to the interject meeting. there. I have to re- interject there. Was there a sitting between students and members of the JOC when students decided to protest? Yes or no?
3: look i would not know that at the moment but I, I it's quite important that we deal with this process so that you understand that if police had not been there or rather when there was that rowdiness at Senegal, yeah. it could not have been expected that police would be in large numbers and of course when police then act uh, on such matters uh, we then have to consider whether they've got sufficient capacity or not you know it cannot be that we allow police to obviously act in a manner that would obviously mm. uh, have uh, well create a lot of casualties so so those are some of the measures that need to be considered before we then just look into this picture as if it's a black and white thing, yeah. whereas uh, people would claim that police uh, are soft on white people and harsh on black people. Richard, I'm going to push back on that.
1: Because when we're looking at the realities that happened with the student protests at Wits University, first of all, in Bromfontein for that matter, many reports were saying that indeed the, poli- uh, the, 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 the students did not sit down with the JOC or did not get permission to actually embark on the protest. In other words, just like Senegal, those protesters were also had also caught the members of the police service off guard we can appreciate the fact that you did not know. Just like you did not know Kosinakal, you probably did not know as it was in Bromfontein. But how come when it was the case of Bromfontein, a person ended up getting shot dead But go Senegal, police were sitting waving behind. So if you're saying that those meetings do not take place, then do for for Greece as you're going to do for France. But if you don't do it and don't treat them the same way, we're going to raise those questions around race. Because if those students didn't receive any form of uh, uh, confirmation as well as the approval for protesting, yet somebody got shot. But Senegal did the very same thing, but nobody got shot. I'm going to raise the question around whether or not your bullets and your rifles have got a color differentiator factor.
3: We, we are not saying that what happened was correct, but I think it's quite important to distinguish between the two matches because that as well is a really factor that, of course, needs to be considered. Uh, however, you would remember as well that uh, whenever there are public, where public order policing get deployed, there's always somebody who is uh, deployed to head those mm-hmm. uh, uh, those members who is a senior, and uh, that that is really where instructions are given. As to the, where the training methods that they obviously go through, it's a... Uh, it's a different question all in all and I think uh, generally the SAPS has been having a challenge of uh, ensuring that there's regular training. You remember as well that uh, from the Fulham Commission in 2012 there had been certain recommendations that were made looking into specific training methodologies that would ensure that we improve the manner in which
1: uh, police and uh, communities would relate in terms of uh, dealing with problems. Richard, catch a breath. I'm going to to ask you just to catch a breath for me. Because what you're revealing right now on air is not only um um hair raising, but it's a huge concern for my safety as a citizen in this country. Did you just say that regular police training does not take place? Well, that is
3: the reality. That is where we need to talk about the underlying challenges that most of our police officers are facing
1: currently. Officer one. When was the last time you were trained on how to deal with even public order or even people? When was the last time somebody took you through training?
5: Um, yeah, training. Okay, let me talk about the maintenance route. Mm. We're doing maintenance route um, every year. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, 2019 was my last time I did the maintenance route. 2020, I didn't do it because apparently I don't know whether it's the matter of funds for rounds or then we are going to do maintenance route after five years.
1: After five years?
5: Yes. So training is there, but we don't do it like consistently so with the training as we as members should. You see, like in the stress that we're working under, like as a person who's got a, 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 a chronic depression, mm. I need to to help myself with that because I've got kids that I'm looking after. I've got kids for the family that I'm, you know, looking after. I need to stay put. I need to stay active. Mm. So I have to be engaged in fitness activities for myself, mm. so that you, faith, as a community when I have to protect you, my state of mind is, I, I, I'm taking it on me, not mm. on the state. Mm. So even fitness, we're supposed to have fitness or gyms at the station or... Do you have them? We don't. I, we, I, we, we did want that, but it's not happening because they say there is no budget for that. You know, we try to push it that at least because, you know what, um, as I'm saying, I'm, 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 my salary, it's looking after 10 people i cannot go to gym active and pay so the only thing i do i jog and in jogging sometimes i get tired i just want to go to the bicycle or treadmill if police could have that that will be a support on its own when officer 1 how do you protect me
1: if you yourself don't even have the resources to protect yourself and that we're going to get into After our news bulletin, do stay tuned 0861-987-000. That's the conversation we're having this afternoon. What happens when cops go home?
5: Call Faith on 0861-987-000.
1: We're still in the thick of our conversation on what happens when police or when cops go home home the realities faced by police officers we've heard some startling revelations on power lunch from officer one as well as officer two whose names we are keeping private and anonymous for the sake of their protection as they are members of the police service they've revealed how they are not being trained in fact training sometimes actually happens once every five years they've revealed how they don't even have gyms to keep fit so are they going to protect us if they can't even protect themselves, those are the conversations that we're having this afternoon. Also, power family, you get to weigh in on the matter on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Also joining us is Pop Crew National Spokesperson Richard Mamabola. Let's take it straight to the phone lines with uh, Zama calling in from Twane. Zama, good afternoon. Welcome to Power Lunch. Hi. Hey. Hi, Faith. Uh, hi, Faith. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And you, Mama? Go ahead. I'm good.
0: I was once a police officer, nev. Mm. Uh, then I resigned. I worked there, I think, for five years. The things that are happening, the things that are happening at the police stations most of the time, the police management, I don't know whether when they give you a rank, from the rank of a captain, when they give you that rank, they are telling you, they give you the mandate as well, Mm. that we are going to control you. Mm. We are
1: going to control you.
0: I think... Uh, That's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure, because they behave the same. Mm. They don't care about the police that are working at the CSC, which is the community service center. And there are other departments. You will find out that... I was working in Brett. Mm. You will find out that Brett has a very big jurisdiction area where they are working, where they are serving the community. But you'll find out that Brett has only one to attend all those farms, all the town, and the, and, and the surrounding areas in Brett mm-hmm. with only one vehicle, and those areas are too far from Brett's police station. But when you find out you get that at the end of the day, Brett's police station was, number one, was rated as the best police station in the SAPS. How is that possible? It's not because the the vans are not there or the police are the police cars are not there. They give the cars to the people who are working in the offices, people who are working crime prevention, people who don't attend to the communities. Mm. And then the community will come to the police station. People will sit there and stand there for the whole day. You will come at eight o'clock. And then you will go home around 6 or 7 o'clock in the afternoon. Not because there are no reactions around the police station, but they were—they are given to the wrong people. The people are supposed to get all those things so that they can serve the community. They
1: don't get that thing. I got you. I got you, Zama, completely. Let's go to Northgate. Pume, hi. Yes, good day. How are you? Very well, thanks. And you go ahead.
6: No good. No, I, I disagree when they say they're not
7: choosy and racist. I mean, in a in a roadblock, if it's a black guy, they hold him by the back of his pants. Why do they do that in front of the man's family? Uh, 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 and then if it's a white guy, they make big smiles, you know? No, say you can go by. Uh, that's my first point. Mm. Why, why the unequal treatment there by our old fellow black people? <laughs> Next thing... Where is the riot gear that was bought for the public orders? Because they've used it before. There's those plastic shields
8: mm, to mm, push mm.
7: the kids away mm. and, and to use the the water cannon. I think they're just lazy, it's just easier to shoot and then kids scatter. Mm.
1: It's a very good question that you're asking. We're gonna ask about the riot gear as well as uh, why is it that the brutality amongst black people continues to persist amongst uh, the members of the police service. Let's go to Mamilodivussi, good afternoon.
6: Good afternoon, Norm
1: Hi. Yes, yes, do share your views.
6: Let me take it to another level. Mm. Uh, these people, they suffer. Our SAPS officers, they suffer brutally. One, you find them, those ones that work in the crime prevention on the highways and all that, and then they uh, they get involved or come across a, a crime or a CIT, and then after shooting, there will be another department called IPIT that will come and ask a question that there was no way that you could uh, to shoot that criminal. So do we expect uh, police officers to be on the streets uh, to prevent crime while they know that uh, tomorrow they need to go and report and then they will be threatened with that uh, suspension. Some are suspended three months with no pay and all that. Yeah. I've got friends that work, there. they are so demoralized. That's what I can tell you. So in subs, we lack leadership in conclusion.
1: Got you, hundred percent. Thank you so much for that, voice in my melody. Let's go to Zola Anelle. Good afternoon. Hi, Anelle. Okay, we've lost Anelle. Let's speak a little bit then about the 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 way in which police members of the police service are trained. Officer One, are you trained? to target a black target. In other words, the tactics officer two was sharing earlier that the tactics and the training mechanisms that you use still is from apartheid era tactics, that the black person is seen as the target and the white person is seen as the victim that you have to help is your training and your experience of training to that fact.
5: As officer one, uh, officer two said, the training is there and, uh, I think being like myself, I grew up in Soweto. I've been a comrade before. I had that mentality that, you know, when a white person comes, I had to be scared. So probably if we look back and then now as a police officer, nobody teaches us or say when it's white, you do this. When it's black, is do this. It's, a, it's according to individual I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't think... It's somebody. But as Officer too said, the way the training is still continuing till the you know, a lot of things are upgraded. Mm. Uh, most of the things are outdated. Mm. So the same environment that we are in now is not the same as it was before. So if maybe that can be looked at then it can be different. Not only a white-skinned person is treated differently on the road, even in the organization, is still like that. So your white
1: members of the police service are treated differently than your black members in the police service. Is that what you're saying? This is home, Officer One. You yeah. can be as honest as you want. Yes.
5: I'm just thinking of an example that I could put. Mm. Like uh, members of the community, they think us when we're out there, we're out only for blacks, not for whites. But it's not the same everywhere. It's depending on individual knowledge or character or the upbringing. We're from different ethnic groups Mm. as police my point when i say the situation is still look the same within the organization mm. there was a friend of mine who was victimized by a white commander who is less rank than the black commanders mm. but they couldn't tell this person they could see this is not right but they couldn't you know support their fellow black officer
1: how then do you protect us you yourselves the house is burning how do you then come and take away the fire from my house who needs help richard Where's pop crew in this? I'm listening to Officer 2, I'm listening to Officer 1, and I just wonder then what is the role of the union when it comes to tackling these realities effectively? You've got outdated training uh, being uh, instituted and implemented for these uh, members of the police service. They're saying that they still face issues of racism within the rank. They're saying that they're still frustrated and be, and they're fearing getting fired every single time they go to work. And then top of that, there's the fear that they might not go back home. Where, where, where's Pop Crew in this?
3: Look, uh, as a, you know we've obviously been playing a critical role in dealing with some of these challenges. I think uh, uh, our approach as well has also been to differentiate between member challenges and of course uh, what is currently happening within the environment of the SAPS. And just to speak to a number of issues that had obviously been raised. You know the, the matter of uh, uh, what we currently have a challenge of is infighting within uh, the management of the SAPS and of course the duplication of rules. That is why we have only had one national commissioner who has finished his term of office, which was since 1994. After that there has not been any single commissioner who has finished his term of office. So so the infighting within the top uh, levels of the SAPS have obviously uh, well reprioritized certain mandates and, of course, from time to time leading to different changes, which have caused a lot of confusion on the ground where police operate. Uh, the uneven allocation of resources as well, I think this is what is basically kind of reflected on. Within affluent areas, you get all uh, all forms of uh, uh, modern uh, equipment that police use, mm-hmm. uh, whilst in uh, well, uh, rural and township areas you do not get the same kind of resources that uh, the ones within affluent areas have. That has obviously caused a challenge where members of the community would say, since police officers do not respond in time to calls, it means that they are actually not uh, interested in doing their work, whilst in reality
1: it, it has to deal with the, the uneven allocation of resources. We've had many incidents... All right, Richard. Of- I'm going to ask you again to take a breath. Whose responsibility is it to ensure that police officers are capacitated? Is it Peggy Kale? Is it our National Police Commissioner? Is it our Deputy National Police Commissioner? Is it our regional? Whose responsibility is it to make sure that the members of the police service get the adequate resourcing to allow them to do their job? Because we need to find out who's not doing their job.
3: It's a collective responsibility. Uh, the SAPS cannot be held accountable for Mr. Ditombo when he cutting their budget by $58 billion just in November last year. So that does have an impact as well, but as well as the defensive leadership that we have within the SAPS. So it's a collective responsibility that we all need to play a role in.
1: Okay, Richard, then whose responsibility to ensure that you do not get outdated training? If you're still training people according to the Times of Apartheid, why is it that we're expecting black police officers to treat black people any differently if you're not even trained to treat black people as human, whose responsibility have- is it to institute the adequate training? Where's that from? We have,
3: we have, we have the SAPS's role, of course, but the SAPS, whenever we engage with them, they would obviously tell us that uh, they've got budget constraints, and uh, why as to why they are budget constraints, you would then have to obviously link it up with uh, what the well the Department of Finance is taking decisions on. However, I think. Uh, uh, as a union, of course, we're not only looking into that. What we have obviously as well done is to propose uh, that the SAPS becomes restructured in ensuring that uh, we deal with the, well, with the bloated structures at the top and provincial level, national and provincial level, in ensuring that we've got more members on the ground, but as well in ensuring
1: that uh, uh, in dealing with some of these challenges, we reduce the levels of inciting mm. in, you know. Who needs to get out, Richard? Somebody needs to get out. Who needs to get out of this police service? Somebody is not serving the people, who needs to get out? We need to collectively find solutions first. And on the basis of... Ah, Richard, you Richard, Richard you, you're, you're a member, you're the spokesperson of Pop Crew. You understand the plight of the workers and the unions and the union members more than anybody else. You also understand the infighting that is happening within the police service. I've got two police officers right now that are attesting to how they cannot protect us because of the resourcing as well as the inadequacy when it comes to a training and management that is currently there. I'm asking you, as a Pop Crew. A spokesperson who needs to get out to allow these people to have the right capacity to do their jobs. You should know that.
3: It, it will not help us to remove individuals. We need to change the entire system. That is why we propose the restructuring mm. process because removing it, we've been removing a lot of individuals, yet no change has come
1: about. We're going to continue this conversation. 0861 we We're going straight to the phone lines after this.
7: Follow the conversation online. At Power FM 987.
1: We're still continuing with our. Look into what happens when police go home, when cops go home. Because in often cases, we shed light in terms of, you know, the the, the way in which they are struggling, even not doing their jobs adequately enough. But do we look at the realities that they're being confronted with? Just before we went to the news, we heard of how police officers, for example, are not being adequately trained, that the training is actually outdated, still apartheid-style training. We've heard how there is inadequate uh, uh, mental wellness programs That are available to them. We've also heard about how when they actually go for counseling sessions, those counseling sessions get leaked. So there is no privacy when it comes to the the, the way in which they get their counseling there. Never mind that, we also heard about how they have to be fit to do their jobs. Do you know that there are no gyms to allow them to be fit to do their jobs? So a lot of times the fitness is even uh, based upon them to actually make it work. So the question is then how then does the police service protect us as people if they can't even protect and look after themselves? Who capacitates them? We're taking in your calls still, Zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. We are in conversation with Officer 1 and Officer 2, whose names have uh, been uh, left out and their identity has been protected because they're still members of the police service. We're also in conversation with Cruz national spokesperson, Richard Mamabolo. We can take in your calls before we go back to our uh, guest this afternoon. Let's go to Alexandra Bongo. Hi, good afternoon.
7: Good afternoon, Faith, and good afternoon to your guest as well.
1: Yes, sir.
6: Faith, uh,
7: um, there are quite a lot of um, uh, issues that have been raised, but the only concern I'm having is the structural decay that the SAPs have. Mm. And uh, based on some of the information that uh, your guest has actually presented, more so Officer One, who said, uh, you know, the democratization of the country didn't change to the confirmation of the steps to the current. Um, environment that we are living in are some of the key problems that we are encountering in the country. And I've, I, I thought at some stage that Richard is presenting uh, steps of state. A bit surprised that he's a unionist and he wanted to allude to the fact that uh, the events of Senegal and that the events of it are actually influenced by budgetary constraint. I want to say that. That's, 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 not a, that's not a point. Um, the command control of SAPs are actually contributing to this. And the problem, I think, it is, it is because we might go as far as alluding to, say, police are not being given support and so forth. And I'm saying uh, we are alluding to the fact that the police who were actually involved on the Senegal issue are the ones that have been giving support, but those that were at this, more so, where there were pre- predominantly black people that were actually um, um, uh, in, in, in strike yeah. are the ones who are been supported and I'm, I'm, I think the discussion is actually losing the value of what we want to address as a country. Our subs are actually the control system, the control, the command control of subs
6: mm. is
7: based of, on an old apartheid system and up until we get rid of that, we are going to encounter the same situation and and I hear uh, Richard uh, saying the budget has been cut and so forth and I'm saying, you see, meaning that for as long as the budget is being cut, blacks are going to be at the receiving end of the subs, but the whites are not going to be there so in, in in other way i think it had to affect both racial issues so if there is uh, budgetary constraints mm. does it mean that uh, substandard service should be given to blacks and more superior service should be given mm. to mm. you know what
1: you know what the beauty about a platform like this is is that you get to ask the people the question so butsana? i don't have the answers ask richard richard is listening ask him bongo. ask the question Oh, yes. Um,
7: uh, uh, Richard, I'm alluding to the fact that budgetary constraints are going to be a yearly thing because of the economic situation of the country. Does it mean that blacks are going to be at the receiving end of the, um, uh, the violence from behavior uh, more than whites? Because if you allude to the fact that financial co- um, constraints are actually impacting on that, and, and to the fact that that, that's why I, I, I want to go to the fact that uh, I think the command control of subs are the most issues that we need to be uh, engaged in. Yep. Those four police who have been arrested, um, were they deliberately acting on their own? Were they giving command? And we don't hear of these things when we go to the media that there was a command that was given for them mm. to restrain uh, protesters by shooting at the end of the day. Those who are at the receiving end up being um, the police officers that were actually taking action on those things.
1: All right, Bongo, he's got your point. Richard? Yes, uh, thanks, Mr. Uh, uh Look,
3: I think uh, look uh, what we said was that budget cuts have got an implication on the training methods and, of course, on service delivery of police because, uh, due to the fact that there are shortages of resources, uh, police cannot effectively do their job. We never said that uh, it's it's uh, well budget cuts would should result in more killings and such uh, uh, brutalities. Again, the, the second point is that, like, look. For every public order policing deployment, there are there are obviously people who are responsible for actually indicating when police can can actually go into that, uh, and uh, of course uh, what they should do. So so mm-hmm. they obviously act only uh, instructions. And I think just just on another point with regards to uh, the the four Richard, police officers. I
1: mean again, just so that we understand everything that you say, because it's critical. They act on instruction. Whose instruction?
3: For the employment of the public order policing, there's always one person, one senior person who gives instructions.
1: Who was it this time when it came to the students?
3: There is always a senior. Do you know know who it is? It's always the case that there is one person who is giving instructions to how the team operates. Uh, I do not know exactly the names of the individuals, but that is the standard uh, procedure.
1: When you mentioned the issue around, you said that there are no budget cuts, so that there, there are budget cuts which also impact on training. But I'm also, the, the, fact, the,
3: the fact that there are budget cuts has got an implication on training. I mean, we, there was a time when the SAPS did not have sufficient ammunition because uh, they could not purchase them. You know, they could mm-hmm. not purchase them. That as well affected the training of ammunition for most members because uh, there was no ammunition. Mm-hmm. And therefore, certain individuals within the SAPS could not qualify for uh, well uh, competency in ammunition because there were no bullets, really. Uh, But it was also you, Richard.
1: Richard, in just a short moment ago, you were the same person that spoke about how the inadequate training is also backward training that is also linked to even the times before democracy. So Bongo's question was around if that is so, that the training that is currently received is training that is in line with apartheid mandates, does that mean black people are going to continue to die and white people are going to continue to be protected? Because the apartheid system was centered around the protection of whites and really the brutalization of blacks. And we're saying, you said, that training has not shifted or transformed. If training has not shifted or transformed, that means we're still using the Book of Apartheid. And the Book of Apartheid was... Actually geared towards the victimization of the black man.
3: Look, so there, there are legislations that uh, were adopted during the apartheid era days, and of course, we've raised some of them like they were. Well, uh, 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 well, the CPA Act of 1977 and some others, of course. But I'm not saying that uh, it's, uh, due to the budget cuts certain things cannot be changed. What we are saying about budget cuts is that it uh, limits the ability of the SAPS mm-hmm. to ensure that there is proper training, proper regular training. Mm-hmm. That is what we think uh, should obviously uh, be enhanced. And uh, due to the budget cuts, it can therefore not happen. Most of our members have not been having training. I mean, the Fulham Commission took decisions. Back in 2012, made recommendations. Up to so far, they have not been implemented. And the reason, when you go to ask with the SAPS, they will tell you that it's due to budget constraints that they cannot fulfil all the recommendations. I, I got that you.
1: Is- I, I got you completely, Richard. I also want like to, to get us uh, Officer One's perspective as well as Officer Two perspective. I'm going to ask you just to take a break there, and then think about who should get out. Richard, I still believe you have the answer to that one. Let's go to Pretoria North Tepe, so hi. Faith, how are you? Very well, thanks, Inducer. Go ahead. Good. I'm, I'm very
4: disappointed in, in Richard um, because what I'm sensing from the discussions that you're having with your guest is a complete collapse of a liberal relations system wherein there is an involvement of unions in the workplace in a form of representation of um, its members who are police officers. Like, for example, some callers called and and made mention of the uh, employee relations uh, wellness. Mm. Uh, for example, if caller one day uh, is with the partner and the partner in the operation, they get killed, who debriefs them, you know? But that is the first issue, and I think I, I did not get the answer from them. Maybe uh, for the discussions to be balanced, you should actually uh, find out, Faith, who is the most senior employee relations person within the SAPS yeah. because i think uh, they are the ones who are responsible to be giving you answers in terms of the effectiveness of the employee wellness programs but again on the on the other side of leadership i think the SAPS has been run as a a police force rather than a police service and that is why you have uh, complaints from your 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 guests uh, talking about um uh, uh, uh I mean comply and, and complain uh, uh, at a later stage. Just on a final note, uh, I just want to ask this question to <clears throat> uh, to uh, to pop your your guest from pop crew to mm-hmm. say one of the issues that actually is actually even adding salt to the wound is a collective agreement which is. A, a a disciplinary code to, uh, for police officers yeah, there's a clause that talks or that talks to expeditious process that process uh, 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 richard it was a, a collective agreement between pop group unions and the saps in the public service and it takes away away rights of uh, a uh, 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 full and proper representation of police uh, 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 officials and, and that is one thing that pop crew is actually sitting on it and it is not doing anything to resolve it. So all I'm saying faith is that those police officers are sitting there yeah. the problem is that even if they complain, they, they will be flushed out of the system and nobody will mm-hmm. do anything about it and, 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 and your pop crew guest is sitting there knowing exactly what I'm talking about, and they are don't, not doing anything about it.
1: Episode from Pretoria North. I hear you completely. Uh, let's go to Zola. Anel, hello. Yes, hello, Johnny.
4: Say a Go ahead. Say community. Eh, i management i management We, we you, Yes. We you,
1: okay. Okay. No. We have
4: management itself. Umabun is to The time are wrong is the base a point For instance, to Yes, Papa. Yes. general
7: Ibula,
4: le we are all responsible for it all. I mean, you have before I Because staff. Then, so I'm the I'm a member of the Muni. I'm talking about the I'm talking the It a So, we look at Boshalama. I'm going I'm the to say, I'm to I was member of the U.S. Guma Station level. I Station level. I was a member of And na I a to area. I was a way ma iba I After some time, I was a Special line. I was a way to Secretary. I was Secretary. Ich <filters>
1: yeah. bin <laughs> And, and and we're gonna see if we can get the the answers for you because it's just it's disheartening to hear the realities and to walk in the shoes of the members of the police service for the for the one day and as a power family we're walking in the shoes of members of the police service today so that we can understand that when they are instituting their duties what are those challenges they confronted with that actually prevent them from doing their jobs and hearing the realities that they faced with I'm afraid as a citizen Tando good afternoon. Good afternoon how are you very well thanks and you, mama can you just turn off your radio and then you can chat to us yes I did there we go yes go ahead
8: yeah um, I'd like to comment on the resources no? Mm-hmm. we are not resourced in substance no? mm. especially the sexual offenses unit that's a very uh sensitive unit we work with gender-based violence mm-hmm. we expected to give feedback at least every two weeks now How do you function without a phone? And being being a detective, it's hard because ninety percent of detectives work. We do it outside. Mm. We use our data. We use our airtime to interact with the uh,
1: victims. You don't have phones, Tando. They're not giving you phones. Nothing, data, nothing. Nothing. We don't. We don't.
8: So how do you do your job? Because the 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 victims they've got access to our cell phones and whatever you can't even post your kids on social media on your WhatsApp because it's been accessed by you know everybody.
1: So then how do you do your job?
8: It's it's difficult then when you complain they say uh, in the police you complain and comply you comply and complain later.
1: This complain, this comply, and complain later. Officer one, you also brought it up. Who gave you the mandate to comply and complain later? Who was that individual that told you this is how it's done here in the police service?
5: Uh, when I arrived, I found it being, you know, being used. It's, it's never changed. That as we are talking about, that the the the, the training is still the same. From the olden days. So it's the culture that when we came, we found it like that. They complain they the comply and complain later. It's been there, it's been used. If you don't comply, you'll be charged. Then I have to go and knock at Richard's door to say I've done this, then I'm charged. Threatening as as a police, we are being threatening. We are not given a platform to voice out, you know. Um they will say it's procedural. There's a protocol to go to, command and control. You know, as a, as a as a police officer, I don't have rights as a South African because I'm a police officer. I'm not a human being, you know, as a police officer. I just have to take this and do that. You know, when I go home, then, uh, you know, I had a friend that was working at uh, this lady that is speaking now, mm-hmm. FCS. She's the same lady that she was victimized by the white commander mm. and she has to she had a relapse also she's we met because of this chronic depression mm. and she relapsed also because of being victimized and no assistant for her she left fcs to get some help somewhere to get to another unit to work because of this um uh, no resources, you use your phone, you use your data, you know, you, you work standby for seven days, there's no overtime, there's a limited overtime on that time when the, the overtime finishes, they will say the overtime is finished now, then you'll continue getting the rest days. Mm-hmm. My friend worked there, he had got rest days, but when you have to take those rest days, you must prove that you were on, on standby on that day, uh, you must bring your pocketbook the OP entries of the times that you, 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 you really did wake up, but if you are standby, even if there was no call, you, you won't sleep nice. So such things. So I attest to this lady and that unit you know it's sensitive. I mean all the, the specialized unit in the subs are sensitive. Like even the one that it, it happened public order. it's specialized it's sensitive the job they they need to be supported you know they need resources. Mm. so how do we do that if we, we we can't you know you don't even have your own f- a phone to do your job. Now the phones like in, in F S when I was, when my friend was there they, they, they do have phones like in my unit we do have phones but it's the phones are for the commanders they've got a time but most of the town is junior members who are on the ground mm. then you'll find out how you'll be using your phone on that time when there's a situation i got you yes I, I got you. the commander is not there because of the command and control they have to delegate hi bongi from hamanskral bongi good afternoon good afternoon
1: Emma, how are you very well thanks and you go ahead bongi I'm good. Ma'am, I'll just be
0: blunt with this one. I'm a police officer and I've been a police officer for 10 years now.
1: Mm.
0: Um, what I've observed in this so-called for police force that we work for, all these old police officers, these take something years' experience or work experience, they must just go home because all of them, they are conditioned with the apartheid era motives of what is policing. And they don't listen. And when they meet the young people like us who want to question A and B, then you are labeled as the troublesome, as uh, a rival, as someone who's ill disciplined. Mm. And you'll be called to the commander's office every now and again.
1: Oh, Bongi. You know, when you're mentioning these things, I just. It's hard. It's hard. Richard! Clearly, you've got certain members of of pop crew, you've got certain members of the police service who believe that you can really do better in the representation of their needs and the representation of their grievances and their cries. Even Officer One was saying, me, I've been going, going from pillar to post pop crew and the other union and it's just, it's not working for me. So which means, Richard, you need to do better. Most definitely, we, we do continue
3: negotiating uh, for good working conditions and fighting for members' rights, and of course uh, bargaining as well. It's not uh, always that simple, by the way, because remember, Pop crew is not an employer. And of course, I think if you look at our records, you realize that we've got many signed agreements which uh, were in favor of members as well. Some of them have been implemented, some have not been implemented as yet. And of course, we continue to work on ensuring that uh, we improve in other areas. Re- of recent, of course, is the issue around the restructuring of the SAPS, mm. which will ensure that we we deal with the challenges where in half of the budget uh, is actually going to provincial and uh, national offices, where in uh, police on the ground struggle to do their work. So we will obviously be ensuring that uh, through those processes we get more boots on the ground mm. and we strengthen the work that the police do at, at that level. Richard,
1: let's let's agree on this. You can certainly do better. Because so far, so far, it looks as though you're not representing the people that you're supposed to be representing to the fullest extent because these people are complaining about even the conditions. So I'm sure you and I can appreciate the fact that you as a union can do better. Otherwise, you render yourself, you yourselves are rendering yourselves useless.
3: So we've been doing all we can in ensuring that our members' conditions do improve. And of course, I think uh, you can ask anybody, the SAPS knows we have regular engagements. And of course, uh, uh, there are bargaining processes that are currently underway. So we are definitely doing uh, a lot to ensure that we do improve conditions.
1: And Richard, one more thing. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. But one more thing. The name is Faith, not tippies. Couldn't get that? The name is Faith, not tippies. We just, had, we just had to clarify that matter. and gonna, There we go. We're going to leave it there for now because time, as fortunately, is not on our side this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Officer One, for your honesty, for your authenticity. Thank you for revealing to us what it looks like for a police officer. Thank you so much, Officer Two, for your authenticity, for your honesty. We really appreciate it as a citizen.